Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of iZombie Radio, your source for everything iZombie-related here on the DC TV Podcast Network. I am your host, Chris King, and I am joined by two of the greatest co-hosts in the world, Mr. Blaze Hopkins. How are you doing, Blaze? I'm doing good today. Today was like my light day for work. Um, like Surprisingly, I finally had time to go get my hair cut. I don't look like Island Oliver anymore. <laughs> um, I was gonna say we can't we can't see it, but describe it to us. How fresh I, is this cut? I uh, all right, I'll I'll just uh, I'll leave it at this. I paid extra to have my beard taken care of. So, okay. <laughs> is it is it a were you in like a Ravi beard state? No, uh, nah, I mean mine's that? never been that good or like that full, but you know I I. Work with what I have. Work I with the you. gifts that uh, science and <laughs> genetics gave me. I got you. And uh, and uh, my other awesome co-host here is Mr. Sean Carpenter. Sean, how are you doing today, dude? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just overly tired, as usual. It's been... Tuesdays are my long days. I class, club meetings, this, but... It's not not fun. If I you feel catch you. what I'm saying. <laughs> it's yeah, definitely yeah. one of my more fun days of the week. I I get I get you there. Um, it's always trying. It's always difficult when you're like when you start off this. I feel like people like are always like, oh, syllabus week and everything like that. Like when a semester starts. I know you've been in school now for a couple weeks, but like it's hard to get back into that rhythm after after like a, a long break and everything and when yeah. you have a when you have a particular <laughs> when you have a particularly long day too it's, it's never never well, the easiest i accidentally was uh i accidentally bailed out on one of my classes this morning because uh, i was about a half hour late to school and the class is about an hour long so i'm like ah, not really worth it i feel like it would so, be worse like to go <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. The uh, weird thing I, is I have the same professor for both of my classes today. So he, he comes in for the second class. He's like, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, it's just, uh, it was late. Have you had him before? <laughs> yeah, I had him uh, last semester as well. Oh, so, no. He was I, I would have tried, tried to have, oh, okay, that's good. I would have tried to have spun it. I was like, oh, like, confused classes confusing schedule didn't uh, no. realize i got into this class things like that I, I still remember i that's how i talked my way out of a detention in high school because <laughs> this professor knows me like he knows me quite well even though i've only had one other class with him i was a very outspoken student okay with a very interesting final essay topic nice so Good. he remembers me from that Good like, stuff. Me associate with superheroes. That 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 he just made that clear distinction. I mean, he has a candle in his office that is uh, Claire Temple <laughs> from uh, from the Defenders series on Netflix. The That's overarching series of Defenders shows. <laughs> that, that Iron Fist uh, trailer dropped today too. But that is not what we are here to talk about. Uh, no. Despite the fact that I kind of want to talk about it. Because uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Another but, time, uh, another place. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, you know, glad you're here, Sean. That was a busy day. Blaze, glad you got your hair cut. But glad we're all here, guys. I'm excited to talk some iZombie. Um, and before we get into our episode uh, reviews from our rewatch, uh, we have a little bit of news. It's not anything really... Uh, directly related to the new season, but some cool things that um, a couple of the cast members of the show are doing. Um, first things first, we'll mention because this came out earlier. It's just a quick mention because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who's ever even watched the show here. But uh, but David Anders, obviously who plays Blaine on iZombie, um, he tweeted out some pictures essentially like, fully confirming that he's going to be back um, in the Vampire Diaries series finale, which airs uh, on March 10th. So for anybody who 
has ever watched the show, you know he played um, Elena's biological dad, and he's been he's been dead for a while. So how he kind of is going to appear in the finale is obviously some type of supernatural way. But anyway, he's a zombie. Uh, yeah, right. Yes, he comes back. <laughs> well, actually, in the photos, he's got he's got his normal hair back and everything. He tweeted out a couple of photos from the uh, from the set, and he's. He's got his normal darker hair. He doesn't have that bleach blonde Blaine hair. Um, so but the anyway. amount of the amount of abuse that man's hair goes through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he just I'm sure he just washes it out after the the season. It's crazy though that yeah you know, he's he commits man. I mean Rose Rose explained. I think I don't know I don't know if she did at your round table too. She, she did. Yeah, or someone was like, oh like. Why don't you like? Why are we? Why do you only wear a wig? And it's like she's like, my hair is like, if I dyed it, it would not, it would not exist anymore. Um, it would vaporize. Like it ex- is that weak. Exactly. So, um, but anyway, just in case anybody else is a uh, is a fan of the Vampire Diaries, you know, one of again another kind of villain, sort of villainous role for David Anders. He's played a bunch of great ones, but uh, it'll be cool to see him pop back up again on that show. So if you're a fan, be sure to check that out. Again, the series finale is on March 10th. That's a Friday. Um, and then another little cool bit of uh, of casting news for one of our iZombie favorites. And this I definitely want to get your guys' take on. Um, so Rahul has been cast in a new Netflix romantic comedy film called Happy Anniversary. Now, uh, this, is, this report's coming from Deadline. Um, it comes from writer-director Jared Stern, uh, who it doesn't seem – is it – I'm trying to look and see here. It doesn't look uh, – hold on. Uh, of course, now my computer is, like, flaking out on me here. Um, awesome. Well, I'm trying to read what Stern has done. But anyway, the uh, the movie also stars uh, Noelle Wells and Ben Schwartz. And there is a there are a couple at a uh, relationship crossroads who must decide whether to stay together or call it quits. Um, Rahul will play Ed, who is Sam, played by Ben Schwartz, his loyal and vulgar best friend and business partner. And uh, so that sounds sounds interesting. Uh, Sean, or, uh, yeah, Sean, I'm going to toss it to you first. What do you think about this uh, about this movie? Is it something you're going to check out? Of course. I'm definitely going to check it out. I I kind of would love to just support all of these actors in whatever they do. It's just kind of hard when I also have so much on my plate in terms of a watch list. Because I now not only have my own personal watch list, but because I'm a cinema TV major at school, I have my homework watch list. Which includes... You know, such hits as Yo Gabba Gabba and Blues Clues and The X-Files. Two different classes, mind you. The Blues Clues and Yo Gabba Gabba are for one class, X-Files is for another. I was going to say, that's a very wider wide array of TV shows there. <laughs> for one class. Those are, those are just some examples of some of the TV shows I have to watch. Gotcha. Just and, like uh, single episodes here and there. But, no, yeah. for sure. Um, and Blaze, what do you think about... You know what? You know you. I read the description of the movie, and obviously the description of Rahul's character. What do, What do you think about it as a whole, and also what do you think we're going to get from him specifically as an actor in this? Uh, I'm I'm actually really excited for this because I like that he's going to be paired with Ben Schwartz, who I'm a big fan of. Same. And um, and I think it's like it'll be a really fun role to see Rahul in because uh. You know, it's just the exact opposite as his character on iZombie. So uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun to kind of see how this plays out, and it'll be nice to put him in just uh, see him, kind of see him get more roles, I guess. And uh, putting him alongside of Benny Schwaz is, uh, I don't know, I think it's definitely going to help him out if the, the movie's not, um, you know, I think if it's solid. Yeah, and... Um... Obviously, Ben Schwartz, most people will know. I mean, he was on... Jean um, Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Exactly. House of Lies. Yep, 
Yep. Um, but, please, and I didn't realize this. I knew her name was familiar. Noelle Wells is Rachel from Master of None. Oh, nice. Yeah, so a little bit of the Aziz Ansari Parks and Rec connection there, too, because obviously she was on Master of None. Aziz Ansari's show played Aziz Ansari's kind of on-again, off-again girlfriend on that show. But Good connections I know you're, in this film. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a big fan of that show, as am I, and I was a big fan of her on it. Um, and, and kind of, but spinning back to Rahul himself, like loyal and vulgar, best friend and business partner. It just sounds like such a different role than Ravi and the fact that it says vulgar too, and it's on Netflix, you know, it might be a little edgier than we get to see with, you know, some language or other scenarios that, um, you know, Rahul was able to kind of do on iZombie. Um, so I'm, I'm really kind of, I mean, one, I'm really happy for him because he gets to, um, you know, he gets to kind of get more exposure. He gets to be on something that's, you know, that's different. That's, you know, that maybe more people will see because more people are watching Netflix. And I feel like anytime something that's Netflix original pops up, people are more inclined to watch it. So I hope he gets, uh, hope people check him out on it and it will be kind of fun to see him in a different role. I really wonder if he's going to keep the accent or not, though. That's what I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, also, good, real quick, last thing about this. Uh, Jared Stern has a has a pretty decent resume when it comes to writing. This is his directional debut, but he wrote uh, Wreck-It Ralph, or at least part of Wreck-It Ralph. He has a co-writing credit on that. And he also has a screenplay credit for um, The Lego Batman film that is coming out this friday and he is the creator i didn't know this of dr ken which i've never seen personally but successful show so some some good stuff here uh i'm looking at it here you also did mr popper's penguins things like the watch and the internship so maybe some not so good stuff as well but (laughs) You never know. Um, so yeah, it's something to keep your uh, keep your eyes out for, guys. It's gonna be coming in Netflix. I don't think. Uh, again, this article really hates my computer. It just died again on me. I don't think there's any like release date mentioned in the deadline article, um, like when they're planning on having this released. But uh, you know, just keep keep an eye peeled for uh, when it gets announced or a trailer or anything, and. If and when we get any new information on the project, we'll be sure to mention it on here. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for the new segment of this episode. Like I said, not really a lot to talk about, but some fun other projects that you know that we have David Anders doing and Rahul doing. Um, so it'd be cool to see them in different roles. And you know, again, if you guys watch The Vampire Diaries or if that movie, you know, if Happy Anniversary sounds like something you'd want to watch. As Sean was saying, you know, check it out. Support support these iZombie actors in their different endeavors. But now we're going to move to our rewatch recaps. So if you've been listening to the show, you know that we have been going through all of season one. We did that. Now we're in season two. We're doing two episodes a week. And we are doing this week episode six of season two, which is called Max Wager. And episode seven of season two, which is called Abracadaver. Um, this so, set of episodes has one of my favorite episodes. Oh, in this. yeah? So. Okay. <clears throat> I have a feeling I know which one it is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, well, Sean, with you with you uh, speaking first here, well, obviously we'll start with Max Wager. But, uh, so I guess kind of your initial thoughts on this episode, what, what really stood out to you in it? Um, upon, I think this was the third viewing for me, because I watched episodes of season two, like, randomly with my girlfriend as she was binging through the season. So, I'm trying to remember, uh, because I watched it earlier this morning, because I missed one of my classes, I actually had a lot more time to watch today than I normally do. So, I just... I actually enjoyed the like subtle Stacy boss that we got in the barbershop before we found out that it was like 
that he revealed himself as Stacy Voss. Like we kind of had a feeling this guy was ominous, and uh, it was it was good. And then that whole scene between him and Peyton was just brilliant because he's just so evil. Mm-hmm. Like he is for a little man, he is so terrifying, as Blaine put it. <laughs> Definitely. So, and it's, I I the, I totally agree though that he is just like he's he, you don't especially when you see him like the first time you see him he's kind of get like that's what I love too that even like he's getting a shave so he's kind of like sitting down razor near his neck he's in almost such a such a vulnerable position that you would never think of him as you know this like tough you know tough crime boss guy. Pretty and, weird dude in there too. Yeah, he is. I mean, like aside from the story he gives about how to make somebody kill themselves, um, and also having, Which was and also having to murder creepy. their family. Um, yeah, I mean that's what's like. I think um, what's that actor's name even? Oh God, I'm, I feel I'm so. Blank. I know, right? I'm just like having a complete <sighs> blank. Um, because. Because I read he had a whole thing. We mentioned it earlier, uh, or maybe it was late last year. He had a whole thing on the AV Club um, about, and he mentioned oh, there's yeah, like a, how much he. Um... Yeah, God, uh, I feel like such a jerk. I am looking it up now. Um, anyway, continue. Regardless, talking, though, like I think that actor, he's so great. Eddie because... Jensen. Eddie. Eddie yes, Jemison. thank you. Um, but Thank I love you, him. Google. I've I've always loved when I when he pops up in things. Um, I I've brought it up before, but like the first place I ever saw him was Ocean's Eleven, and in that and just like his his demeanor, it works so well in multiple roles. And like, it's just this unique awkwardness he has, and like, it's not disturbing, but it's like it's a little uncomfortable. So when he's evil, it's like it's get you feeling real weird but then you see in oceans 11 he's like he uses the same things and you know he's that timid kind of quiet guy but it's but he's like a pushover like tech guy in that movie so it's so funny to see you know the range that he can stretch out that uh all those kind of little nuances he utilizes in his acting totally uh, but yeah that was what stood out most to me was uh, him and his interaction with Peyton, as well as I think this was this the episode of like the beginning of <clears throat> the like tension between Peyton and Robbie, like the relationship tension, because he's still with Stephanie at this point. Right. Mm, I, I don't think so. Or was that the, Cause no, he, she was he, she was dancing around in like the sh- like the shorts and the t-shirt in the kitchen. Yeah, he's oh he, he's, he's yeah, still with st- yeah no sorry yeah, he's, he's still, still with Stephanie. Yeah, he cause... they break they break up this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then Ravi tries to kiss Peyton at the end, and and things just get kind of awkward mm-hmm. because and you and you kind of get you know you kind of realize he's going to do that. Um, you know, cause he's literally, he's actually lying there after drinking so much and, uh, he, he hears the music again from, uh, from Peyton in the kitchen and he kind of, he starts to smile and, and everything. And then he wakes up to Steph and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing. But I mean, I, I love Peyton and Robbie's scenes in this episode though. They're Feel feel bad for Steph, but she uh, <laughs> she was a little much. She was a little much, especially it her celebrating Guy Fox Day on what is not Guy Fox Day. I mean, come on, research <laughs> the day, <Just> research <laughs> the holiday before you start planning a whole thing about it. Come on, she just did not remember remember the fifth of November. Um... <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I, I do love you for Vendetta. It's a fun movie. Definitely a fun movie. 
But uh, what about the, the Peyton and Robbie stuff really stood out to you? Well, for one, I 100% shipped them at the very beginning of the show. Like, without <laughs> a doubt. Like, when I first saw season one, I'm like, you know what? They, they seem like a thing that's going to happen at some point. And, you know, I wasn't wrong, but I wasn't necessarily right either. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel you. Right now, I mean, it's it's up in the air, so. Right. I'm right, but also wrong <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I think, like, they always had, I think the writers kind of just knew that they had chemistry. And, you know, I think that was one of those things. It was like, I wonder, because I even remember, I think, an interview with Rob Thomas in season two. He was like, well, you know, like, I don't know, like, if they're going to get back together or not. We kind of want to explore them as friends. He's like, but Rahul and Ali are just so damn good together. It's kind of hard not to want to see them together. Um, So I think it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, you kind of you set it up, but you don't realize how good it is till, um, you know, till you actually see it on screen. But, uh, um, it's uh, I think their scenes in this are really good. I do like that Peyton doesn't kind of jump right back into it. One because Ravi literally just broke up with Steph, and two, I think she's she sort of almost mentions to him that she kind of has an attraction or feelings to another guy, which we know, but he doesn't know, is Blaine. Um, so I'm glad, you know, it's... it's they're in, Obviously, they're in an awkward place now, but I'm glad at least, it, you know, with Robbie breaking up with Steph, it's it's kind of moving forward in, in, in some way. And again, the two of them on screen together, it's just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I think Peyton... Peyton just rocked this episode. Yeah? Yeah. No, she sure. definitely has a lot to do. Yeah. And her, and her scenes with, uh, like you said before, her scenes with um, with Stacey Boss are great. and just Yeah, that really made the episode for me. Like, her scene with Stacey Boss. And as great as she is, because of, like, you know, her strength and unwillingness to kind of back down against him. But I think also... There's even a little bit of, uh, of like, intimidation there. Like, it, like I think you f- you really see Peyton just because he, he just like destroys her in, in his how he like picks a pa- apart the case, and even like straight up says at that point, like I know it's Blaine feeding you information. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool to see just how kind of deep she's getting into everything because this guy is just so organized and so routine with all of this crime um, that he can pinpoint, you know, who's informing on him as well. So, I think it's definitely, I thought it was like a really nice kind of opening uh, confrontation between the two for kind of the, just how intense everything is going to get with that. For sure. I think, I mean, Stacy boss definitely makes his presence known in a big way. Mm-hmm. And, and again, kind of hints at the fact that he knows that it's Blaine who's giving her the information. Um, and I, again, that's, that's really well done. Um, but I think too, I mean, to kind of pull away from the, uh, Stacy boss, parts of the episode uh, um, and into some um, I think we gotta talk about Major and and Liv in this episode because kind of going off of Ravi and Peyton I mean Major and Liv after that kiss in the last episode I mean we kind of start off with them being super couple and it's and like they're in a brand new couple all over again. Yeah. Like, they just can't not be around each other. <laughs> and it's slightly nauseating, but in, like, the cutest way possible. 
Hello? Yeah, no, I'm here. It's, okay. uh... I definitely right. think it's <laughs> like a... Yeah, it's definitely a funny flip, because I think, one, it just reflects, um... It, I think it really highlights the... It, the just how long-term their relationship had been beforehand. Because, you know, with the show, obviously, in episode one of season one, jumps right into, you know, her turning into a zombie and everything. And I think, you know, you're so distracted by that almost that you for, you kind of forget that they were engaged and everything. Um so I think it's interesting to see, you know, even after everything they've been through, they really have been through all of this um, together, or at least, like, with each other being a part of it. And uh, so I, I think it's, like, a... I thought it was nice. Like you said, it's definitely funny to see them sort of attached at the hip and everything, and, like, just how they open up with Major coming downstairs and, like clearly just being like a weird dude <laughs> different being than we've seen him at. super duper happy like and, uh, and ooh, eggs. Just, like body snatchers <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. ravi says like it better be insert random name girl here and like oh it's not it's live <laughs> yeah oh that's a thing just the look on ravi's face just <laughs> was a literal Oh, huh. I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really great. And, I mean, I love that opening scene. And I also think, too, I mean, one of the standout scenes, not, not just from this episode for me, but from, I still remember for, like, kind of from season two, is is the kind of the strip poker sort of, or strip high card mm-hmm. game they play over Skype. Mm-hmm. Um because and I you know it's it's definitely my favorite scene from this episode. I think it's just crazy how easily you know how believable and how charming Rose and, and Robert make 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 that scene. Um, it's like it's fun, it's funny, it's sexy, it's like all these things in the one, and and also you really feel again the kind of deep connection between them um, that we never really got to see before. I mean, like you kind of said, Blaze, we get thrown in episode one. Yeah, we see a little bit of it before Liv goes on the, uh, goes to the boat party and becomes a zombie, mm-hmm. but we really mainly only see the fallout from her being turned. We never really see them in this kind of loving state, and the fact that they have to find these kind of workarounds um you know, about not having sex because they're, they're trying to, fi- you know, they're trying to wait and, and see what Ra- if Ravi can figure it out. Spoiler alert, they still can't have sex. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I like the fact that I think this is just a really, this is a scene where, like, you believe that they know each other so well. Like, there's no kind of awkwardness or anything. It's just, like, really sweet and, and, and I don't know, there's that, they bring that history to that scene, and yeah. I don't know. I just I always thought it was like I thought it was great the first time I saw it, and watching it again, it's just it's just really well done. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Yeah, and the, I think too. It's like uh, I like too that they kind of bump in to Clive and Basio uh, while they're out, and then we get. <laughs> Her reaction's priceless. Uh, Basio's reaction. Wait, this isn't a date? Then why didn't I pay for it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got a... Uh, I like... I just like her and hers, and I forget exactly what Major says. I think he says, like, about himself being, like, arm candy and different things, and they're both just... Uh, I yeah. I saw dialogue. Everyone's really witty and quippy. And, uh, the fourth is great. And we see, we see the, you know... The uh, the betting brain of Liv come out there in that moment with uh, with Clive, which is fun. Um, but I don't know. I guess I mean, for I, this episode to me, I mean, yeah, there's the there's the you know, you know the the betting brain, and you have Rick Fox as a guest star, and you have all these other things. But uh, you know, even and you have Stacy Boss getting introduced. But like, I guess to me, this is an episode about those kind of three 
those three couples, you know, you have Ravi and, and Peyton, but you know, potentially live in major and then Clive and Basia. And they kind of all bring so much, you know, fun and, and different parts to the episode. Um, in all different ways. Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely am with you. Uh, and then, uh, real quick, before we kind of finish up talking about this, um, what do we, uh, this is, this is a darker episode for Blaine, too. Real dark. Oh, yeah, with, oh, the, yeah. because everything with his father, like, uh, he gets, uh, gets all the power taken from him yeah and then what he does to kind of respond is so twisted and sad and and ultimately worthless at the end 100 percent fruitless yeah because he he kills his grandfather and takes out his brain as a way of kind of getting back at his dad, he's going to feed him that brain instead of, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's like he's, he's trying to get the competitor's brain, I think, um, for the competitor's company. son's brain. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that scene where I, I love it. Cause he, he, you know, when he, when he just tells his grandfather to just listen to the music. And then later when he's listening to it and, um, I guess it's Donnie who comes in, right, and tells him, like, what the hell, like, or asks, like, what is this crap? Mm-hmm. Like, turn off like, this old junk or whatever. Yeah. I, it's just really, it's just, like, in an episode that I think is really funny and mm-hmm. energetic, it's this, like, sad little vignette of, like, of Blaine. And again, like, nothing, what he does doesn't lead to anything because Major takes his dad. And, yeah. And, uh, isn't this the first time we see like that major isn't actually killing them at this point too? That's what I was, that's what I was leading into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads us into that reveal as well. Um, which is, which is good because major killing people don't think he can come up. Don't think he can come back from that. Uh, it's no bueno. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of hard to root for a guy that's uh, that's murdering people, even if they are, uh, you know, even if they're maybe not the most uh, moral people. Who knows? But mm-hmm. like, I mean, like, is Blaine Blaine's dad's obviously not the greatest guy, but <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah. So that's that's the kind of cool twist that we get, and we get to see what Major's actually doing, which I thought was executed really well. Um. And it's a strong way to end the episode because, again, it's another nice twist, and it also, you know, ensures that we know that he's not, again, he's not actually a killer. That we can root, we can kind of root for Major again. My one question, though, where is he getting the money for all the all these mannequins? Uh, Max Rager's paying him. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't they be checking his credit card statements and everything else like that just to keep tabs? Because we know how Vaughn is. He's very meticulous. I think as long as they, I mean, as long as they see him shooting bodies and bodies getting dumped into the river, and those people are disappearing, you know. So I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty elaborate plan to mm-hmm. to, to be suspect of and. I mean, and who knows? Again, he's he's like a before he was working with Vaughn too. He was a personal trainer for a bunch of like a bunch of rich older dudes. So I'm sure okay. he was he was getting some good money. So he definitely has that saved because I mean, there's no way he can live in that house without <laughs> some good money. Mm-hmm. Uh, true, true. So I think I mean, and I don't think he would leave any kind of paper trail. I think if. If Major is going to be doing this risky thing, I think he's covering all his bases. Or at least, I mean, that's what we have to assume, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what we'd have to hope. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good reveal, and... I just want to see him, like, budgeting out his money. Like, okay, mannequin budget. Yeah, I don't know if that makes for the most exciting television, though. <laughs> no. I just want to get, like, through the mental process of the character. 
No, I, I get that. I get that. Um, but yeah, anything else you guys want to add about this episode? Like about the brain in particular, or um, I think I mean the brain was kind of just run-of-the-mill gambler brain. <clears throat> For me, I thought that one like very minor thing that I noticed that I think is a lot of fun is how. I thought this was an episode where you really do see cl- the um, the developed like progression of uh, Clive buying into like the ability of Liv's power and everything. Like he immediate like she has a vision when they're sitting at the desk, and he immediately is like, "I know that face." Like yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny because I just kind of didn't pick up on that the first time around. Um, I did. I I'd, I'd agree. Well, I also think Clive's reaction to Calvin. Uh... Calvin Owens and and everything yeah. too is like and him kind of geeking out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice little character trait that we get to see from him too because like we had mentioned earlier um, when when lives the I guess it was in last episode yeah when she's the basketball coach about him you know being a Knicks fan and all that stuff so it's I like that it carries on over into this episode as well and then he does come down into the morgue when she's like watching. Uh, yep. Some of the games that Calvin was playing, it's like, I got you, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like that too because that again makes him rationalize like her weird behavior because it's like, how did you forget all that information? It's like, oh, okay, you study up on it. But yeah, I mean, more than that, even I just because like as much as I like Clive in season one, there's not a ton to his character. In season two, we get you know. Whether it was when we talked about, uh, was it last week or the week before, with him, uh, I guess it was last week, with him beating up the father of the kid who was, you know, being abusive. Later this season, this isn't a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, but we find out that Clive's a Game of Thrones fan. Um, like, what is George R. R. Martin doing right now? Not writing. Not writing. <laughs> uh, I, that gif is actually but, somewhere uh, on the internet that I either posted on our Twitter or on my personal Twitter. So go digging through the archives. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. We definitely we've definitely posted it before. Um but no, I just I just like that, you know, these little details that we get for him this season. It it kind of rounds out his character in a nice way. Mm-hmm. So he's not just, you know, cop live works with. He's not you know, he's he's got a little more personality to himself. His relationship with Bazio I think really helps with that too. Yeah, no, I definitely yeah. agree. Um, okay, awesome. Well, then we're going to move on to episode seven of season two, which is titled Abracadaver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Sean, I'm guessing this was the favorite episode of yours. Uh, yeah, it's just so goofy and fun, and watching it for the third time, like, I immediately, like, remembered exactly how this episode played out so i immediately was like wait a minute isn't she okay yep yep she she did it <laughs> like within seconds oh uh, with with the maid with the maid like i'm like because it my brain just like kicked back into overdrive and such looking good chris what the hell sorry <laughs> chris <laughs> Why is it video? Chris's video popped up for Good everybody question. listening. Good hey, question. Yeah, nice posters. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Sorry. I just, you know, please, I just, I wanted to show you off my hair. I wanted to show off my haircut, apparently, even though I did get a haircut. Um, <laughs> I mean, go. I have an interesting story about a haircut that I got recently, but that's for a different time. Um. All right, yeah, we we can we can keep this in the recording too. I'm fine with it. Um, anyway. yeah. um uh, sorry, Sean, go ahead. It's definitely uh, it was definitely one of the more fun episodes because of just the goofiness of these sort of magicians and the fact that there's a whole convention in Seattle for magicians. <laughs> I just kind of giggled because I I when I was a a young teen I thought. I watched a lot of like magic shows like the uh, magician secret or even Chris angel. Like I was impressed by all of that. And now I'm just kind of laughed it off. And <laughs> it's just one of the more fun things that I can do. Like 
to make fun of this sort of hocus pocus. But also like the the brain when we find out later in the episode that he originally wasn't like that. It used to just be a gag and somehow he fell down that rabbit hole is just yeah. hilarious. I don't know why it's hilarious. It just is. Hello, Don. No, what sure. are you doing? We got we got a dog interruption? I'm not sure. She's sort of like running behind my chair for no apparent reason, and now she wants my attention. So it's all right between my face and the dog. This is a uh, this is an exciting episode for listeners. <laughs> yeah, well, because <laughs> it's video and yeah. audio or visual as well with my my pooch. All right, you can go now. Please, please leave. I'm in the middle of something, dude. Come on. But uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, but going off of what you're saying with the with the whole magician thing, it's really funny. And also, it kind of reminds me, there's a Supernatural episode like this, too, uh, which is called, if I'm not misremembering, Chris Angel is a Douchebag. Uh, yep. Except this, it actually had real magic in it. At, well, yeah, <laughs> to an yeah, extent, because yeah. it's Supernatural. Yeah, and, uh, but this whole thing with, like, the, the convention and everything reminded me of it, and I, I it's, it's a really... Honestly, it's a more fun. It's more fun of an episode it's a, than I I remembered it being. Uh, you know, whether it's um, whether it's uh, it's Ravi's kind of excitement versus like Clive's utter like dislike for everything that's magic. Um, you know, I love how they kind of play off each other. Uh, and my then, favorite thing was Liv when he when. Robbie was like, well, it, it's not good for the ladies. So she responds, so video games and forensic pathology works then, right? And I tried to like contain my laughter because I was in a public setting uh, watching this off of my phone. But man, was that hilarious. <laughs> she just 100% calls him out on it. Like, if magic's not going to do it, I don't think forensic pathology is going to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, by the way, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes now from this. All that Robbie Payton stuff we were talking about was in this episode. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's why I was like, that's why I was like, uh. Yeah, it's it's all good. Yep. This is what. Ha- Sorry, guys. This is what happens when you watch back to back episodes. Sometimes they bleed into each other. Uh, um. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Speaking, it is what it is. It is. Speaking about Robbie, though, yeah, I just every his whole excitement was great, and then the um, the brain itself with Liv it leads to to some interesting things because one, it's really fun and it's really funny and and cool and different, um, but it's also you know and like I love how she kind of reveals who the killer is at the end in this kind of grand, dramatic fashion. She puts on, like, a show. I thought that was really funny. No class reaction. You know, we usually bring witnesses back to the station, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is really good. But I... Um, but I, I, I also really appreciated that it causes some real issues for her and Major. Major's never kind of seen Liv change like this before and you know that ending scene is really really goddamn sad uh when he walks in and he sees her kind of like praying to whatever dark power she's praying to and everything and he just walks upstairs like he thinks he can handle this but you know he's not sure and I think he, really... he just realizes like how ridiculous it's it's really gonna be kind of to deal with this like every week or like multiple days in a week or however frequent you know Liv does in just these brains um, just because whether you know like whether it's that she's hungry or that she is required to take them for a case 
Um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where you're like, oh, no big deal, you know, it's okay. But then all of a sudden you're hit with a almost so, like a, I feel like after a while you'd feel, you know, as though you were dealing with somebody who had like a mental illness of sorts or, you know, or some personality disorder because that's almost what it is. Um, like personality influence, like in this specific case. Um, but yeah, it no, definitely sure. is sad because it's, especially because again, like we talked about how last episode, you know, it's so nice to see them normal and kind of how they used to be and everything and get that glimpse into their, the, the kind of fairy tale uh, romance that they used to have. And, and then immediately, you know, it, it's it was kind of like our literally they they wanted the writers wanted to give us sort of one one little dream sequence throughout an episode but um they quickly remind us hey you know it's it's not easy kind of it's not normal it's it's not and it's something again that he's still getting used to whereas you know Peyton can Peyton can kind of almost retroactively go back and think oh, this is when Liv was on Stoner Brain, and this is when Liv was on Gamer Brain, or whatever. And obviously, Robbie's been through it all, and that's why I even Major asks them about it. Um, for him, especially to... I think it's different to be friends with somebody who's going through this than to date somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's the big difference, too, I think. And, yeah, because he knows the woman he fell in love with. And while, yeah, Liv's still there... For the most she, part, she's not there a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you know, you kind of have to shake her out of the brain. Yeah, exactly. Order, you know, because um, and it's not even, and we know it's not even like you know, and they give us enough information to know it's not cut and dry. Where, okay, you know, you're twenty four hours or whatever, or you're, however long it lasts. There's no finite end time. Um, like we, you know, we've seen kind of the fallout she has from some of the more dark and depressing brains. Um, and she gets stuck with almost like a little bit of PTSD sometime. So definitely. And we, I mean, we've seen her on alcoholic brain. We've seen her like, yeah, you never really know. And I think that's, what's so sad about it too, is like, you can tell major wants to get it. Like he wants to be there but it, it's just like he's he's just having that difficult time. He's looking at her and saying, like, this isn't the woman I fell in love with. Um, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's a really that's a really kind of, you know, it's a sad part of the episode. But I also think it's one of the most interesting parts, and one of the best parts. And another part that I think is really, really great, too, that involves Liv is um is that she and Blaine team up in this episode. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Like, or at least, like, uh, have us discuss that. Yeah, go, well, go ahead, please. Who knows? I mean, it's just interesting, because they obviously, um, Blaine sort of, like, recruits Liv to come, um, Mm -hmm. help figure out... What's going on, like, what what the FBI, in this case, what Basio knows. Yes. And they have to break the, into our house. Yep, exactly. Negative. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, but also the friend of my friend is also my friend. And, and real quick, yeah, Liv and is real, on both sides of the spectrum at this point. And can I can I also say real quick before we get back into this because I have them in front of me and I don't want to forget it. Two fantastic Blaine lines in this episode. One, yes. One when they're sitting in the car and Liv like recites the dark thing and then he turns to her and goes, "Did you eat Edgar Allan Poe?" <laughs> and then, then the other one is he walks in and she's like, like kind of like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "I'm an acquired taste, like a spot show or that free U2 album." And I, oh, I think you have the location switched because when he comes in to ask her, because the the gazpacho thing I think was in the car. I and I, I def- think. Oh, really? Okay, maybe, yeah. And when right. he came into the morgue, he's like, did you eat Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, I forget which one is where, but... Oh, it's in the car when he's like, man, you're really bumming me bumming me out here. Like, that's alright, yeah, that's a different line. You're right. I'm all over the place this episode. But anyway, Blaze... No worries. 
Uh, it's usually my job. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Blaze, sorry, keep going. So, like, you really like this dynamic change between the two of them. Yeah, because I think it's... I think it's interesting in relevance to now knowing, like looking back, I think it's interesting because of what it's building towards and just like how much sort of that, almost what you said, Sean, in some of these situations, because they need to just protect and kind of keep this secret of the existence of zombies, it does turn into, it's really interesting when um, these like friend of my friend, or friend, eh, enemy uh, my enemy. Yes, is my friend. Um, and well, it's all right, man. We're we're all kind of all over the place. And it's also, <laughs> but it becomes more unique, um, like these types of dynamics when they weave them in um, separately, and the viewers know that you know everything going on with Peyton and Blaine, and sort of like all these little ways that um, the characters are crossing paths and starting to sort of like build towards coming together um is really smart and mainly my whole thing with the these scenes and sort of like them um infiltrating Bazio's house is again this is just like iZombie doing a great job with their episodes and almost like deceptively weaving in a lot of really important stuff to advance the story um like they you know they they give us a really fun episode here with all the magic stuff and like you guys have mentioned you know like like clive's reactions to the whole situation robbie's and uh enthusiasm over um you know getting to go to the convention and everything and and they sort of like slide in this this uh kind of big moment and sort of big scene um so it's just again really smart on their part really good use of time I I full I wholeheartedly agree. And and to kind of talk about the Bazio thing a little bit more here cuz not only they they kind of realize they don't know anything more than what they do, but then they find the 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 report gets delivered while they're in the house yep. about the brains and which, you know, live then falsifies. So, it seems like everything's okay, but then we have the woman at the end of the episode. Dropping off a package, it seems like, mm-hmm. and it's kind of foreshadowing. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, and it's it's really. I remember again watching this for the first time and being like, and I won't say what it's about here now. We'll save that for a later date. But uh, like that cliffhanger, being like, huh, like who is it? Like for a second, I thought like, like you know, is that somebody from the FBI? Is that some somebody who is a friend of Bazio's? Is that somebody who's related to Clive? Is that like? All these ideas kept going through my head, and I wasn't sure. And uh, it's a great, it's a great place to leave it. Um, it's just a, again another. That's what I'm realizing too. With this season, even more than the first, these episodes end on really like strong kind of cliffhangers, mm-hmm. and everything again, like kind of like you were saying, Blaze. Everything kind of blends together and feeds together well, and they're balancing so much without it ever feeling at least at this point anyway, in the season, without it ever feeling too packed. Yeah, no, that's, that's ex- exactly what I'm uh, what I'm saying. They just do a really nice job of, uh, of kind of pinpointing, I guess, the, the episodes where they can sort of slip stuff in that are like stepping stone moments um, compared to knowing what they need to address maybe across like a full episode's time length. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, Sean, you got anything more to add? Other fun? than the both of these episodes have a huge amount of foreshadowing in them. Mm-hmm. The last episode with the whole Stacy boss knowing who who's feeding Peyton this information, and then the ending scene with the second episode with her dropping off the package to occupant uh which is always hilarious it's just like you you wrote it in sharpie (laughs) come on Mm -hmm. come on um it's just their use of foreshadowing definitely like i didn't catch on to it until today like i've seen both of these episodes two other times and i did not catch on to it yeah it's it's just really well done 
And uh, and yeah, again, I mean, there's just there's there's so much good in both these episodes. Um, obviously, so much good that I start talking about one before we even got to Peyton <laughs> Robbie stuff. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and then just there's like two other minor things I want to mention. One is uh, let's give some credit to David Anders for being able to sing too. Like him playing the piano mm-hmm. and like and singing this episode was. I thought pretty marvelous, and we saw Rose singing a couple episodes ago. I kind of part of me at some point down the road, I Zombie musical episode. Let's make it happen. Um, just, just, just have Major eat a brain of someone who only hears everything in musical form. That's what I'm <laughs> because saying. Because that is the way you get around Robert Buckley not being able to sing. Or like it maybe is beautiful. Or maybe. <laughs> He eats the brain of someone who's mute or something like that. I don't know, but like, uh, anyway, but that that's great. And then I also I totally forgot that this is the name that Ravi suggests for Sid Wicked when he suggests he names he switches his name to Rick Bang. <laughs> Liv's Liv's reaction was perfect. Yeah, I that I, that reaction is. Oh God! It was just... sounds like he lives in his mom's basement and does it for money. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, um, and just everything about Ravi in this episode too, with his like, oh God, what's the other line he has? It's um, it's like oh, like I almost want to kill a whole bunch of magicians just to keep this going or something with the, yeah, like like it's his favorite brain. It's just uh, it's a whole lot of fun. There's a whole lot of good stuff. I. I again forgot how just how entertaining uh, this episode is, uh, Abrica Diver. Um, it's a really, it's really damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, I guess that's gonna do it for uh, for this week's episode of Eyes Zombie Radio, guys. Um, Tune in next week when we discuss <laughs> my other favorite episode from season two. Oh, uh, is that uh, is that is that Cape Town? Yep. Nice. That's right. Oh yeah! Wow, we're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing the mid season finale next week. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, um, before we go, uh, just want to say again, thank you guys for uh, for tuning in and and for uh, for listening to us. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make the plea for all three of us right here right now. Please, if you haven't already, rate and review us. Share us. Uh, do whatever you can. We're trying to get our, our numbers up and our our followers and everything up uh, before the season starts. And since we're a little less than two months, we're eight weeks away uh, officially um, f- from when we're recording this because we're recording this on Tuesday the seventh uh, of the uh, the season. We'd love to have more people kind of on board when season three starts. So just uh, just share Eye Zombie Radio to everybody, guys. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, but uh. But yeah, um, that's going to do it for us. So Blaze, why don't you tell the people, the good people at home, where they can find you? Check me out at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, Weekly reviews coming out on TVOvermind.com for Flash. Uh, Sometimes I do Supergirl with Chris. Um, Lots of good stuff coming out over there each week when I can... uh, I can keep up with it. Um, and then you could also catch me doing comic reviews over at the Marvel Report. And um, also, a month away or so, but Chris and I will officially be doing uh, episode video reviews for Iron Fist when it does come out. So um, be on the lookout for that. We'll, we're excited to, to be handling that and uh, getting to do that. So. And that time I'll actually be supposed to be on video. I'll actually like be doing it right that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. We're not just DC fans. We're also Marvel fans. We're fans of all comic related stuff. So yeah, guys, if you want to hear places of mine's thoughts about Iron Fist, we'll be sure to let you know when those videos are going up. Um, they'll be pretty cool. But. Uh, before we get to any of that, Sean, why don't you tell everybody at home where they can find you? Find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at Snarky Sean, because that's just that's me. That's who I am. Um, 
I am the pop culture editor over at the Marvel Report and the animation reviewer. Nothing in terms of animation at the moment. I did just release what is essentially eight articles in one titled This Week in Collectibles. It's my new little series that I'm going to be posting every Friday evening, Saturday morning, depending on when the toy news stops flowing in, because it usually flows from Monday to Friday, but sometimes something may sneak in last minute, like with this with this last one. I was writing it Friday day, and then as soon as I finished, another piece just popped up, and I'm like, Ugh, okay. Type, 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 type. And so I've posted about three um, social tweets about it, one for, like, so for the bigger items, I would uh, I post out, like, because they're individual pages, so I would do that. And it's, like, about a couple pages long. Really fun. Um, stay tuned for more of that stuff. I have also one other podcast where I talk about everything else geek-related, at least stuff that I want to talk about that's geek-related. So, you know... Voltron, Doctor Who, the DC shows, occasionally some Marvel show stuff, and uh, Power Rangers as well. And that's the Geekishly Toku podcast. We actually just released the episode that I recorded like two weeks ago. Um, We kind of just release whenever. We don't have a set thing because I don't have a set schedule. (laughs) Uh, Tuesdays are my only real planned days. And that's for this thing right here. So, yeah. Okay. Also, if you just go to Twitter, you'll find everything that I'm a part of there. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, be on the lookout for everything Sean's up to. And uh, if you're interested in what I'm doing, uh, you can check me out on uh, Twitter at CKinger13. Um, similar to Blaze, I'm writing for TV Overmind still. have... Uh, reviews of Arrow, Supergirl, New Girl, and uh, Homeland. I think that's all I'm covering right now. I hope. Otherwise, I'm forgetting something, and that's bad. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, guys, you can just uh, listen to my thoughts here about... Oh, I'll be reviewing iZombie back in, uh, in April when it comes back on. But uh, but until then, make sure you're, uh, you're also following iZombie Radio on Twitter... Like us on Facebook. We've been getting a lot of Facebook likes recently, which is pretty cool. Loving seeing that. You know, we don't post as much on Facebook as we probably should. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys are still getting some good information that way. Um, and then also make sure you're following uh, DCTV podcasts on Twitter and follow that um, feed on iTunes as well if you want all of the DCTV podcast shows: Flash Podcast, Supergirl Radio, Legends. All that good stuff. Um, And as always, guys, like I said earlier, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week whenever you're listening to this. And uh, that's it. So take care, and we'll see you next time on iZombie Radio.